Welcome to Bedtime Story Adventure 2020, Children's Urban Fantasy. One chapter a day up until Christmas. Chapter 20, New Star. Of all the things that James wanted to know about using the key to the air, the one he thought was most important was controlling the location of the portal. He had no pressing desire to travel to the mountains of Tibet in the near future, so finding out which symbols might open a more local hole in the air was his priority. Upstairs, he put the portal book and the map on a low coffee table in the living room. The group of children gathered round, eager to see how the key to the air worked. Which of the inks makes the lowest portal? James asked the bishop. The leaf! Use the ink stone on the front of the book to grind it, and draw the home symbol as fast as you can. Frank ran downstairs to fetch some water, while James took out the leaf-shaped bookmark. He also took some blank pieces of printer paper out of his bag, and a clipboard too. The circular dish on the front of the book was the inkstone. Frank came running back up with a tall glass, half filled with water. Put a drop of water in the middle of the stone, the bishop said, and then very lightly rub the end of the ink stick in small circles. Frank dipped his finger in the water and let a drip fall into the middle of the dish. James rubbed the bottom of the leaf round and round. The water turned cloudy, then black. That's enough. Now picture the symbol in your mind and draw empty strokes with your finger on the paper. James did as he was told. He drew the symbol fast onto the paper with his finger. Ah, the bird said, very fast but you are slow between the third and fourth stroke. The portal will react to the slowest part. Better to be even. Try with the ink, Micah said. He was sitting cross-legged with Cece on his lap. His sister Thea was combing the monkey's hair with her fingers. No rush, the bishop said. Smooth and even practice is the key. Like Micah, James was eager to open the portal again. He did a few more practices, slow and even, then took the silver nib and the feather out of his pocket, put them together, and dipped the nib into the small pool of black ink on the front of the book. Holding the clipboard near the fireplace, he took a deep breath, then drew the home symbol, smooth and fast, in the centre of the paper. Not bad, the pigeon said. Not bad at all. This time, Rather than the feeling of weightlessness slowly permeating through him, it coursed through his body, and he almost dropped the quill. In seconds, his feet were standing on thin air above the coffee table. "'You're floating,' Arlo said. "'Of course he is,' scoffed the bishop. "'What did you expect?' The portal started to form in the middle of the fireplace, expanding to full size in about five seconds. The children around the coffee table gasped. Where James had not quite held the clipboard vertical, the portal was angled down. A dusty, rocky slope was only a few feet away, dropping away into a dry valley. The mountains on the other side of the valley were enormous, snow capping the tops. Watch out below, James said, and he pulled the silver nib from the feather and dropped to the rug. Unbelievable, Fred said. That symbol made a portal all the way to Tibet. Are there any layers of the map that had Chinese symbols or words on? 
I don't think so, James said, but that's what I want to check. Maybe we can make a portal to the Engineerium. The bishop snorted. That kind of accuracy would take years to master, even if we can find the right words. Elsie, pull the curtain, would you? James asked. It was already getting darker outside. With the heavy curtains closed, James pulled out his powerful torch and shone it through the golden feather. The shimmering rainbow pattern was clear on the ceiling. You think that might reveal another layer of the map, Fred said, catching on fast. It's worth a try, James said. Penacious emanations, the bishop exclaimed. Quite spectacular. James angled the shimmering rainbow, or penacious emanations, down at the coffee table. The tangle of multicoloured lines that made up the special map seemed to react and move when the emanations caught them. Whoa, Elsie said. The lines are moving. No, they're not, Fred said. It's a trick of the light. Can you hold the torch still? It was impossible to keep the torch and feather completely still. Fred was right. The lines of the map only moved when James's hand wobbled. In the end, he propped the feather and the torch at an angle on the mantelpiece. Everyone stared at the map on the table. The swirling lines grew still, revealing hundreds of Chinese characters, each made up by parts of other overlapping layers. My word, the bishop said, or words. These are not written anywhere within the portal book. The words were strings of symbols, far more complicated than the home symbol that James had drawn earlier. Look for the simplest one, James said, so I can try it out. Some of the words were ten symbols long or more. There was no way that he could learn them off by heart well enough to draw them smoothly. There, Arlo pointed, that one. In the middle of the map was a three-symbol word. Fred pulled out a pen and notepad and carefully copied it down. What does it mean? Elsie asked. Park, the bishop said. Which park is it? James said. Arlo, don't move your finger. He turned off the torch and realised that he should have brought some coloured plastic to help with reading the map. Here, Fred handed James a small set of coloured slides. I've been wanting to get a better look at the map, so I made those. With the green slide in front of the torch, everyone leaned in closer to see what was under Arlo's finger. It's Preston Park, Frank said. That's the clock tower. Let's give it a try. James got another piece of printer paper ready. Remember, the bishop said, empty strokes first, smooth and even, no rush. James copied the three-symbol word from Fred's notebook onto the paper with his finger. After five attempts, he decided to try the real thing, and put the silver nib back on the feather, dipped it in the ink, and held it above the paper. Smooth and even, the bishop said. The first symbol went down pretty smooth and even, but halfway through the second one, James had to glance at Fred's notebook to remember it, and the last symbol was a halting disaster. He finished it anyway, and waited for the quill to become weightless. Nothing happened. You missed that bit, Micah said. In the middle of the third symbol, there's three horizontal lines. You've only drawn two. Micah was right. As well as being halting and slow, James hadn't even copied it right. It takes time, effort and practice, and mindfulness to become a portal master, the bishop said. Not to mention years of study. Ignoring the bird, James shifted round so he could see Fred's notebook more easily. He dipped the nib and tried again on a new piece of paper. 
this time going slower from the start to make sure he didn't miss anything. When he finished, he started to feel the familiar weightless sensation in the quill. Did it work? Thea asked. I think so, James said, the strange feeling gradually moving through him. Eventually, after at least a minute, a small grey hole appeared above the clipboard. James had been holding it against the table when he drew, and the portal was opening horizontally. Is that Preston Park Square Cafe? Elsie asked. In the fading light, they could see a square building from above, between green grassy fields. It was quite a long way down. Don't get too close to the edge, James said, floating above the table and realising that they were high above the park. I don't want anyone falling through. Why is the portal so high? Altitude is linked to accuracy and speed, the bishop said. You should be grateful that your rudimentary scrawl managed to open a portal at all. The portal grew to almost the size of the coffee table. Hey, Fred said, I can see the clock tower. I think we might be able to see this house. He was sitting on the other end of the table, peering low through the portal. The others went round to look. While floating near the fireplace, James handed his torch to Arlo. Go shine that out of the back window, and we'll tell you if we can see it. Arlo scampered across the room and turned the torch off and on. I can see it flashing, Elsie said. It's the middle house of those three white ones in a row. Sure enough, through the portal, the flashing torch was winking in the back window of one of the houses. If it works that way round, Fred said, not finishing his thoughts. Arlo, come over here and shine the torch towards those houses. He pointed through the portal in the direction of Elf's house, and Arlo came over and flashed the torch. James had already pushed off the mantelpiece and drifted to the back window, hovering near the ceiling, while looking out over a low-rise block of flats at the treetops in Preston Park. The last of the proper blue had faded into white-grey in the eastern sky. He guessed where the square cafe was, and just above the roofline of the hill past the railway line was a tiny twinkling light. He pointed at it. Is that a star? he asked. Everyone else had gathered underneath him at the window, apart from Arlo, who was pointing the torch into the portal. Arlo, switch the torch off for a moment, James said, keeping his eye on the fledgling star. Off, Arlo said, and the star twinkled out. It went out, Elsie said. After a couple more off and ons, it was clear that the new star was actually James's torch. I'm going to close the portal, James said, pushing himself away from the ceiling. He pulled the silver nib from the feather as his feet touched the varnished floorboards. So, to make the portal lower, I need to draw faster. Yes, the bishop said from its perch on the mantelpiece. And you should be able to fine-tune the location by changing the relative position of the word on the paper. James realised he had only ever drawn the symbols in the middle of the sheet. There was a lot more to learn before he could really call himself a portal master. He put the feather and the silver nib safely into his pocket. Noah B. and Juan appeared at the doorway. Time for the raid, they both said. The Green Hands gang gathered back downstairs around the dining table. If we leave now, we'll arrive just after dark, Jenny said. Wilf's been in contact with Joe. She, Millie, Mr. E. Wayland, and her neighbour Shell are at the marina looking for the ringmaster's boat. I'd like to stay here, Fred said and spend some time working on the map. Jenny nodded. It makes sense for at least a couple of us to stay here. 
It's near Preston Park, and it's a good rendezvous point in case we get separated. Thea and Elsie said they would stay with Fred and help with the map. The bishop was also happy to be left out of the raid. James decided it was probably better for Cece to stay in the house too. Even though they didn't expect to run into the ringmaster, he remembered how scared the monkey had been the last time her old master was near. James relayed their progress with using the key to the air. Then it was time to leave. As the first real stars sparkled into the sky, the Green Hands gang set off in a bicycle convoy toward the Engineerium. <laughs>